Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We are just off the heels of Xiaomi's mega event. That's literally what they called it. It was a mega event. Uh, in any case, they had so many different things to announce uh, that Nick Gray and I go through as many of them as we can, or at least the ones that really enticed us. Everything from the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra to the Mi Mix Fold to the actual car that apparently Xiaomi is going to start developing. They are now in the EV, the electric vehicle space. Uh, but yeah, that's the entire show for this early part of the week episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Myself and Nick Gray of Fandroid. Enjoy. Apologies to anyone listening right now if I sound a little bit different. And this is one of those funny phenomenons where there are times when I know or I feel like I sound very different, but then everyone else around me is like, eh, I feel like I feel like you don't, I, I don't hear it. I feel like you're, I don't know what the term is. I feel like you're being sensitive to it. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm the one who has to struggle to get words out. It is now 7 a.m. on a Tuesday. And anybody who knows me, like Nick does, Nick is on the show. If anybody who knows me knows that 7 a.m. on an early weekday, (laughs) not Thursday or Friday, is very rare for me. On top of the fact that you've been awake for hours, Yes. And why have we been awake? Well, you it's okay for you being on the East, well, not the East Coast, but East Coast time zone. Yeah, I mean, I woke up at 7 a.m. and did my regular morning routine, but uh, yeah, you've been up for hours for this new Xiaomi product launch, day two, followed by yesterday's announcements, which was like an onslaught of phone after phone after phone. I can't believe, because did you watch, you watched day one, right? I did not watch day one. I I had, we had all the press releases and everything like that, and we were ready to go with all of our announcements. Um, And usually I don't tune in for uh, all the, you know, video live streams. But uh, today I did because, you know, they were supposed to unveil that new, awesome, foldable phone Mm -hmm. and maybe a car. Yeah, which the car the car never materialized. It did not. We're gonna get into all of that, but I do want to talk about just just this little event, and I don't I don't mean little. It was they called it the mega launch, so the hype was real for everything that Xiaomi was going to bring to the show floor. Um, one of the events that somebody like I I've been to many Xiaomi events, and this could have been one of them had uh, had our circumstances been better, but I could just imagine what my reaction would have been on that first day when Le June, after two and a half hours of already talking about mainline flagship phones, I'm not talking, I still think foldables are a little bit like aside from mainline, but they were talking about all of their mainline Mi 11 phones. And then at some point he goes, as it turns out, I woke up this morning with a little bit of a sore throat, a bit of a cold, which is why we're going to postpone the rest of this launch until tomorrow. This was not planned. Or maybe it was. You never know with these guys, but yeah, a two-day launch event. I can only imagine what what would have happened had I been on that, like on a trip like that, and all of a sudden they have to scramble to be like, oh, we have to change their flights. <laughs> we got to give them another night at the hotel, change flights, <laughs> do everything. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, I think it was planned from the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. you you can't pull off an event like that and get 2000 like they literally had 2000 people in the room but here's the thing they the had event. they had a guest a me super super fan who had to originally fly back to shanghai because of the after the event 
but then they said on Lee Jun said on stage like, oh, he got a new flight. He was able to get off work for another day <laughs> and all of that. So I wonder, I wonder. Um, but in any case, let's go ahead and dive into it because this show is literally going to be all about everything Xiaomi just announced. Uh, now, I think we should start off with like the main stuff. I personally want to talk about the Mi 11 Ultra, which I know that we have all been speculating on and been sort of like, we kind of know what to expect, but I definitely want to talk about that in the back half of the show. So let's front load this show with the more spectacular stuff the stuff that who knows if anyone's ever going to get their hands any one of us are going to get their hands on these products first things first a car <laughs> you and i were you and i were messaging on the side while watching this me in bed because i was struggling to <laughs> to even be conscious at that hour um lejeune basically went on a one and a half hour diatribe and this is one of the few times that I could actually use the word diatribe and actually mean it. <laughs> he went on a full-on diatribe about his life as an entrepreneur, how he met Elon Musk in the early days of Tesla, became a part owner of Tesla, which is just to say he's a big investor in it, and has always wanted to get into electric vehicles. Now, if there's any, com if there's any country that could use electric vehicles, it's China. <laughs> let's just put it that way with the air pollution that is there we've all i i have experienced it many a time um but now well, I'd, I'd like to point out that a lot of people in the u.s don't know that china is the global leader in electric car production and has been for a long time and they're expecting a 50 percent year over year growth this year over last year which was 50 percent and while in the u.s it was only about four percent growth fair so which may like be true. They're, they're way ahead of us when it comes to electric vehicles. Which may be true, but I will say this. I've been to China so many times. Obviously, things could have changed in the last year plus that we haven't been anywhere. But not once have I been in an electric car anytime I've been in China. <laughs> and like I and I, you might see the odd Tesla here and there, but as far as like actually seeing everyday people using electric cars, I, I suppose I'm not in any of the areas where people would, more or less. But you're right. As far as market shares is, is 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 concerned, I'm I'm totally with you. I'm sure that that's the case. But now Xiaomi, or rather Lejeune, uh, having already put so much of himself into um, Xiaomi, building it up after being just a software company with MIUI, moving into smartphones, and then being one of the top top five, I think number three, he said, number three smartphone manufacturer in the world. Now he's moving on to what he believes is going to be his final big endeavor investment or I'm trying to think of what the other word he used was but it's going to be to make xiaomi a car company an electric and ev company rather um you were asking me in the chat oh xiaomi's gonna make a car and i thought no they're not like what well, they are but this is just the announcement of them starting to develop the beginnings of a car <laughs> yeah so the, for the last i think it's the last week or so the rumors have ramped up about the Xiaomi car and them getting into uh, the automobile industry. And, you know, while we still, Xiaomi is not a brand that has any market share whatsoever in the U.S. I think their most recognized products in the U.S. among general consumers might be their Yi light, smart light bulbs. Uh, the Mi boxes, uh, the uh, Chromecast enabled boxes. Yeah, but I, w I would say they sell a lot more light bulbs and they sell the Mi boxes. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things like those are not 
their major product categories. And for a lot of people who are who are familiar with, you know, Xiaomi, the the main thing within you know our demographic is they know them for their smartphones. But Xiaomi actually makes thousands of products across so many different categories. And the way they've achieved that is um, they actually don't make most of the products themselves. They find startups within China that are producing a new product and they create a, a u- unique collaboration with them where they say, well, you make your product and you sell us the product as well. We'll put our name brand on it. It meets our expectations for brand quality and we'll push it as well. And it's catapulted a whole lot of brands to huge market shares. And I think they could totally do the same with the automobile thing because there are so many electric vehicle startups within China uh, that they could you know, easily go and partner with somebody. But they explicitly said, this is going to be wholly owned by Xiaomi. And it's not going to be a joint venture with anybody. It's not going to be you know, a collaboration with a specific company. I mean, yes, they're going to collaborate maybe uh, with batteries or in motors and things like that. But as far as the their push into the automobile industry, it's going to be something that's completely owned and operated by Xiaomi from the ground up, mm. which is, I, and I think from that perspective, the only thing that they've ever done like that has been their smartphone industry, their smartphone business, which now is, you know, as you mentioned, probably the third largest globally as far as overall volume and sales which i don't know could translate into something really interesting in the next five years i don't know yeah and with with all of the announcements that they made as far as smartphones are concerned there's a lot to be excited about but as far as this car is concerned and like you said their greater ecosystem is based upon a lot of partnerships i keep thinking to myself if they're going to pick a partner to do this ev with the majority of the ones that I think of, and obviously we're in the U.S., it's a very different market here. I hope that there are that there are budget EV, not really budget, but more affordable EV options from companies, startup companies in China, and I'm sure that there are because here I think of like Lucid, and it's like mm-hmm. the most expensive yeah, car of all time almost, and like <laughs> the it's the complete opposite in China. I yeah. think there's so many government subsidies right now for electric vehicle production and purchasing of electric vehicles. I think one of the things is in certain cities you have to purchase a license plate, and right now they have a gas tax on purchasing a license plate for a vehicle that's equivalent to about ten thousand U.S. dollars. But if you buy an electric vehicle, they waive that 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 license plate fee to do it. So like you can buy an electric car and save ten thousand dollars immediately just with the registration process of the vehicle, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they do have you know the, the, like if if you check out any of the electric vehicle YouTube channels and stuff like that, they've got dozens of reviews of Chinese branded or Chinese manufactured electric vehicles, and they start at. Ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and of course they're small, budget, compact vehicles. Something that you know doesn't really sell here in the U.S., but mm. great, you know, market value and market share within China within those categories. But also moving over into Europe because Europe vehicles are a lot smaller than they are here in the U.S. as well. Yeah, something that I personally prefer, but that's a personal choice. Um, yeah, me as well. <laughs> so, do you own any um, Me ecosystem products outside of the smartphones? Uh, I have me light uh, the Xiaomi Yi light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some of their webcams and security cameras. I'm trying to think what else I have. I have um, 
oh, when it came out, their, uh, the Xiaomi uh, selfie stick, because it was the first selfie stick to come out that had, uh, it was a tripod as well and came with a little remote uh, to do, you know, a Bluetooth remote. Uh, now there's, you know, thousands of those, but theirs was the first one to come out. And I was like, this is the best selfie stick on the market because mm-hmm. it's a tripod as well. And, you know, it was only like any Xiaomi product. It was the cheapest option available. Like it was 15 bucks. Um, and that's, that's what you get with Xiaomi. You get great quality products at an extremely affordable price, which is something that you can't say for a lot of the other major manufacturers that, you know, we, we know, recognize and love within, you know, the smartphone space, but also the other, you know, technology spaces as well. Yeah. Which is something, which is a great way to dovetail into our discussion regarding the new mix. I was there when the original actually the first two and two, two and a half, because there was an S model. Uh, I was there when the first two and a half, three mixes, me mix devices were announced and subsequently released. Those particular phones, I'm not going to say they were the very first ones, but they were definitely part of the pioneering generation of the all screen smartphone. Now they, they did have a few different methodologies for that. At first it was putting the, front-facing camera on the bottom of the phone, which turned out to be a very mm-hmm. odd experiment. Um, the Mi Mix, I want to say it was the Mi Mix 3, which had the sliding mechanism, the snapping sliding mechanism that hid the cameras. I still think that's one of my favorite devices ever. Um, and now we have the Mi Mix Fold. So all screen all the time. Now you get two screens. Now you get an unfolding screen. Opens up to an eight, uh, eight-inch tablet-sized screen. And yeah, the Mi Mix is finding its new generation now. Now, just like you said, Xiaomi is really good at creating high-end products. It's something that we've always known as a hallmark of Xiaomi. I I think back to those original Mi Mixes. Ceramic materials, Mm -hmm. which made it like so so nice to look at, if not incredibly fingerprint prone. Um, And the top of the line specifications, generally Xiaomi would come out. I remember these, I remember these years. Uh, uh, Qualcomm would announce a new Snapdragon processor and not too long after Xiaomi's like we put it in our best phone already (laughs) and that best phone always undercut the Samsung's the at the time the LG's the Huawei's Um, yeah it's they always found a way to undercut the competition so I think the headliner of this Mi Mix Fold, and we'll talk about the design, we'll talk about our thoughts on the actual device, is the fact that as far as foldable devices go, it's the only one that is not $2,000. <laughs> yeah, so it comes in, the the base model mm-hmm. comes in at uh, 9,999 yuan, which converts to 1,500 US dollars. Yep. And that is... I don't want to say significantly cheaper than the Galaxy Fold 2, but it is noticeably cheaper. And in a lot of aspects, it has, you know, it, a larger display on the outside. It has a larger display on the inside. I'm based off of what they showed with the cameras and, you know, the what we know about those cameras and how Xiaomi's delivered them on the past with other smartphones. The cameras should be at least as good if not better than what you know the fold 2 has to offer uh and you know definitely a lot cheaper than huawei's offering which is even more expensive than samsung's 
but you know, with that, a, a lot of people forget. So you're talking about Huawei, not Huawei, Xiaomi coming in cheaper than what the competition has to offer. And one of the things to note is they made a brand pledge within their smartphone business to cap their profits at, I believe it was 15%. So any smartphone that goes on sale, there is a cap that they've pledged to that will, says we will not take more than 15% margin on, you know, over the hardware for these products. And I'm, I'm assuming that they're including some, you know, development R&D research in, into that as well. But they're saying we're, we're capping it at 15%, which means, you know, you, you do a teardown of a lot of these products. You know, you get the you know Galaxy S21 Ultra and, you know, you do the research analysis, do the teardowns and like, yeah, it's $680 worth of hardware in here, but they're selling it for $1,200. So then that's, that's a, you know, that's a 90% markup of over the hardware. And Xiaomi is saying, we're not doing that. We're not being those brands who are simply trying to get as much profit as possible out of every product. We're getting 15%. And that's what we're going to do across the board. And that's what leads you to a foldable smartphone that only costs $1,500. And as far as the hardware goes, we have a lot to look forward to in this phone. All of the things that we kind of expect. Snapdragon 888, and anybody who's out there keeping score, the number eight is a very important number for the Chinese culture. So that's probably something they're really happy about. Um, 12 or 16 gigabytes of RAM, uh, a quarter to a half terabyte of storage. That's the first time I've ever said that. I'm, I should say that more often. Um, and 5,000... You haven't said a half a terabyte of storage? No, I've never said that for a phone. No. Like, yeah. I, I've said it before. I, I think they were the first with the original Mi Mix to have a quarter terabyte mm -hmm. of storage. And I remember doing my review of that phone. I'm like, there's a quarter terabyte of storage in this phone walking around. And I'm like, I had... I had a Dell XPS 13 at the time, and I think that had an SSD that was 64 gigabytes. And I was like, this has <laughs> that reminds so much me. more storage. Th it has four times more storage than my laptop does. That reminds me. It might have been the Mi Mix 2S, where it, that was the first time they put six or eight gigabytes of RAM in a phone. And I remember sitting in that crowd right next to like Chai and a few other people that I knew, and we all just look at each other like, is this necessary? And um, we were like no, all we're speculating. Like 16. Yeah, exactly. All of the articles back then were like, do we need this much RAM in a phone? But uh, uh, just a side anecdote. We were there. It was an outdoor event in the Forbidden City, which was pretty dope oh, already. Nice. Um, started raining. And I... <laughs> I made all our PR friends and our other friends who were there crack up when I was like, oh, time to test the, the water resistance. <laughs> water resistance. <laughs> and none Put it of, out in the rain. None of those phones were, and you know, Xiaomi made a really big deal that pretty much all of their devices, save for the Mi Mix Fold, actually has IP68 um, water and dust resistance. It's a big deal for them because it's not something they've done before, just like it wasn't really mm -hmm. something for them to do. It wasn't really a uh, thing for them to do wireless charging, which now we're up to 67 watt fast wireless. 60, yeah, 67 watt fast wireless charging, which matches the 67 watt plugged in. Isn't charging, that, wasn't that wired. the dream in a way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this this is where Xiaomi has me like completely satisfied and yet wanting more because keep going. Um, I'm just they, gonna grab a spare battery. Yeah, so this is where Xiaomi has me completely satisfied and wanting more because they they've delivered this 
wireless charging capability that is the same speed as their wired charging capabilities. But when you look at how it compares to other brands, you know, pretty much everyone else is topping off at 15 or 18 watts wireless charging. But then on top of that, Xiaomi earlier this year kind of teased their new like air wireless charging technology that they're not expecting to fully unveil anytime this year. But it's, you know, something that's in development right now where you put this wireless charging base station inside a room and within, you know, eight to 10 feet, you simply have to be within the range of that wireless charging hub and your device charges and you know, a lot of people who are not true fans of wireless charging technology uh, point out that, yeah, it's wireless, but you still have to stick it on a stand. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it's still, there's still no ubiquitous system where the phone simply remains charged at all times. I think, you know, based off of where the technology is right now, we're still, I would say, three to five years away from that being something that's truly feasible i mean there's so much safety involved that we have to make sure we've been the ces for the last couple years right and every time you walk through you know pepcom or showstoppers uh they there's some wireless charging company that's pitching their technology of you know here's this wireless hub and it it lights up all the lights in your room and this i'm like yeah we're it's available. The question is, how do you build out the ecosystem, right? So that things are actually compatible with it. Yeah. Um, And also how much power are you losing just to thin air, right? You know, we're all talking about, you know, going green and reducing our energy consumption. And when you go wireless, unfortunately, there's the trade-off of, yes, you're getting 67 watts wireless transmission to the device, but how much power is it actually pushing for that 67 watts to reach the device? I'm like, it's probably like 110 and only, you know, 67 is getting to the phone. Who knows? I, you know, we'll have to wait and see what those numbers actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, this has me extremely excited. And yet, as I said, wanting more because there's that next level that's right around the corner within the next couple of years that I'm waiting for. Yeah, I'm. I'm this is exactly what I'm hoping we start to see more of a trend of and i get that in the u.s everyone has a little bit of they're they're a little bit reticent when it comes to super fast charging even wired because they're worried about battery health and all of that also for the people who get phones and hold on to them for like three four years um what does that say to how long the battery will last three years from now because the fact that you're topping it up so Mm -hmm. fast and so much um i get that but at the same time it's like this is cool you know and even right now like i'm going to be doing some content on the poco f3 and i want to start that video in the morning with me going oh i'm out of battery well we have a solution for that and i plug it into the 33 watt charge yeah exactly and then that's gonna be part of the content um but like it's it that's just going to show the usefulness of a feature like this and yes for as far as longevity is concerned who knows um but like it's always a feature that will entice me, something that will I'll always be into. And if it's going to be wireless as well, that means you have the choice between the two. You could just leave it on. Like wireless charging for the longest time felt like something that you would lean on when you're not using the phone literally at all. Like you're at your desk, it's just sitting mm-hmm. there. It's just sort of sipping on power, making sure it's at 100%, but you ha- you can't touch it. You can't, don't take it off. Um, but then wired is like that quick like literally that quick emergency power dip. Um, but anyway, 67 watt fast 
and wireless charging across the board here, which is dope. And then as far as the camera is concerned, uh, they go back to the 108 megapixel main sensor from Samsung. Uh, very, very similar to the setup that we got on the Mi 11, even though the design of the camera on the back looks like looks more like the Mi 10T. Mi 10T? Yeah, it's it's extended further down. It's not as oval shaped as the yeah. Mi 11 was. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but I know it was in the 10 line that this was the design that it had. I'm trying to remember which one it was because there's so many of them at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, here's my next question. Like, obviously, this is Xiaomi's spin on like the Galaxy Fold 2 in a way. Um, not to say that Samsung, you know, is the is is like the the arbiter of everything foldable. I'm just saying it kind of takes a lot of the design cues from it. And was I the only one who was kind of disappointed that we didn't get, we actually did not get the Mi Mix Alpha? Do you remember the Alpha? The Alpha was the, the, the one with the screen that wrapped around. The outer screen. Yeah, I was really yeah. looking forward to that. I thought that would have been so dope. But then when I saw the Fold actually be unveiled, I was like, oh, it's going to be a more affordable <laughs> Fold 2. And shouts mm-hmm. out to Ben, Ben Sin, who works over at our sibling website, XDA. He made a very good point. He adores the Mate X2, the Huawei Mate X2. And I think most people who have gotten their hands on it that we know of in Asia are like, yeah, this is a great phone. Like the same way you would say the Galaxy Fold 2 is a great phone, Huawei made a really great one too. It just also happens to have Huawei's camera technology on it, which kind of elevates it a little bit. Which does elevate it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Now you get something kind of like that, maybe not quite on Huawei's camera prowess, but now you get a foldable that is not only more affordable i'm not going to say very affordable but it's more affordable but you also get google services on it or you can mm-hmm. you can get google services on it that's a well, big deal yeah to me. they're they're ones that are sold outside of china will have google services exactly. on it that's a big deal to me i think that's dope but i was still a little bit disappointed that we didn't get the wraparound i thought if there was one company that i would think would actually try to bring it to market it would have been xiaomi but they didn't yeah well and i don't know the the wraparound is extremely cool. There's there's no denying that. But the the usability of it or the value that it offers is still questionable. Like, why do you need a screen on the back of the phone? And also, you know, we we've seen uh, companies like Nubia actually deliver you know smartphones with essentially a full size screen on the back of the phone that's hidden behind the glass. Uh, you know, you have a mirror finished and then you turn it on. And, you know, that was, what, two, three years ago? Um, and, you know, the only reason it's really there is for using the main cameras on the back of the phone as a selfie camera, you know, being able to frame yourself. And they've kind of done that with the Ultra, um, which, you know, has that postage stamp size display on the back right next to the, built into the camera module, actually giving you the ability to, you know, use the rear cameras as your main cameras uh, for selfies and things like that. So, yeah, I, the, the Alpha is one of those, like, Halo products of, you know, if I could do anything and create the coolest phone ever, that would be it. Um, but, you know, honestly, you know, we've seen, um, you know, the, uh, what are they, the expandable or sliding phones from LG. We've seen the concepts from TCL. We've seen uh, even Oppo's fold, not foldable, if expandable phone. And my question is, that's the phone that should have the screen on the back. Make Mm. the glass on the back transparent and the screen actually folds out. It's the same screen size, right? They're not adding any additional 
uh, hardware to it. They're just making the back, you know, touch uh, capable and making the back of the phone transparent so that you can actually see the panel as it slides into the back of the phone when it's, you know, folded up into a regular size. So I think we will get something like that on the market sometime soon. Uh, it's not going to be this first generation of those types of devices or that form factor. But, you know, I, I do see that concept playing out just in a slightly different way than, you know, what the Mi Mix Alpha looked like. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll be able to see something like that. Because I remember when they when they put out that teaser and it was just Leisure and just unfolding it, I was just like, wow, that's pretty dope. And granted, at the time, we only had the Galaxy Fold and the Mate X. The original Mate X obviously had a uh, a tumultuous launch, let's put it that way. And not many people were actually able to use it as a daily driver quite to the extent that they are now with the second generations of these phones. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Personally, I'm really looking forward to it. And honestly, um, I was very <laughs> – it made my heart happy as a, as a content creator, like focusing on mobile gaming a lot, for them to really show Genshin Impact on, on that screen. I was like, Josh is going to notice this. Yeah. They're playing Genshin Impact. I was like, yes, Genshin Impact. It's a great – he even said yesterday when they were talking about the Mi 11 Pro and Ultra that Li Jun literally said, it seems like everyone is using – Genshin Impact as a benchmark for gaming performance on a phone. And I was like, yes, I've been saying this for months. <laughs> like well, it's, it's one of the games where you can, you know, I love playing Call of Duty on I finally got back into my it, phone and, you know, in using that in a lot of my videos. But Call of Duty is limited to what the game can actually push. You know, mm -hmm. you're limited to 60 FPS. You can't go above that mark. It's simply not a you know something that's not available and so games like genshin impact where you can push past that mark and you can tweak the settings you know the graphic settings and you know the depth of field and all of those things like you can do on a desktop game i i think we'll be seeing more of that coming in the future but one it's thing coming. to know like they, i was, I was they already saying about before the, the show that i'm like really into league of legends wild rift right now like it's <laughs> <laughs> I haven't downloaded it yet, so that's something that's something on my to-do list for today. It's infuriating. Uh, but one thing, to, let me tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> you'll 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 have to learn a lot. Let me tell you that. Anyway, go ahead. Um, one thing to note, like it talks about this, you know, it's an eight point one inch display on the inside, and they were talking about you know Genshin Impact and how big it is on the screen, and a lot of people did the same with you know the Galaxy Fold, talking about you know how much more screen real estate you get, but for any game that's played in landscape mode. You actually, I, nobody really points this out. You lose peripheral vision because it's essentially chopping off the sides of your screen. The mm -hmm. screen is adapting to the size of the display. And so when you have a squarer display, you're losing what you typically get on the left and right of the screen. And in games like Call of Duty Mobile, that's essential. Like it's technically a downgrade because like yes the screen looks bigger but you're seeing less of what's going on around you uh so yeah just something to point out it's not going to be it doesn't give you it actually makes it a disadvantage when you're playing you know something competitive like that yeah yeah i, I agree um it's very much more for, but for genshin impact it's a different completely different because you you really don't need that peripheral vision as much not as much, no. And it's not necessarily a competitive game. Like, there is some fast Twitch stuff that's involved. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're not going to get too far into that discussion. Um, you mentioned a little bit ago um, having screens on the back of the phone. And that will bring us to the Mi Ultra, the Mi 11 Ultra, which we'll get to after the break. 
I want to come back to one of the discussions we had. I think it was, I'm trying to remember, was it around the OnePlus 9 Pro or was it the Oppo Find X3 Pro where you and I kind of had a discussion regarding how bad these front-facing cameras are. And I was like, we are moving into a new realm of smartphones where they want us to use the rear for everything. The front-facing camera is literally just for those soft selfies you're putting on WeChat and Weibo <laughs> with all the beauty modes at max. But the rear cameras are where the content creation lies. And enter the Mi 11 Ultra. Now, we've known that there's going to be a, a Mi device with a tiny little screen right next to the cameras. But my goodness, now that it's a thing, like a like an announced thing, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to this phone. <laughs> it's got it's got literally all of the cameras that I think I would need. Now, I will say this though. We have been enjoying 50 megapixel sensors with the wide angle cameras on a couple of previous phones. Those particular Sony IMX, I think it's 766 is the mm-hmm. is the number of those. Those are fantastic cameras. I'm a little bit worried with the Mi 11 Ultra, despite it having the upgraded GN2 as the main sensor, the Samsung GN2, it's going to have a great 50 megapixel main sensor. I'm already looking, I'm already thinking it's going to be a dope main sensor. Depth of field, great, um, great capabilities. Uh, but the other two sensors, the Tele, they call it Telemacro because it can double as a macro lens. The Telemacro and the Ultrawide are 48 megapixel IMX 586s. That makes me a little worried. Because we've already seen great quality out of the 766 for the wide angle, and I'm worried there's going to be a bit of a downgrade. Because I think, which phone was it? OnePlus 9 Pro. No, which one was it? Which phone has the 48 megapixel wide angle, and it's not quite as good? No, no, actually, I'm thinking backwards. The OnePlus 9 Pro has a 48 megapixel main with a 50 megapixel wide angle. So I'm, I'm actually mixing things up here. But so I think the 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 IMX five eighty six is uh, isn't it the one that the OnePlus eight Pro used for its main? I think so. Yes, and it's the same. I I think it's the same that's used on the nine for the main. Yeah, and so like it's it's not it it's not a bad sensor. It's not a bad sensor, but what, when compared to what we've seen from the seven sixty six this year, and I think both of you. Both you and I have noted how good those ultra wide cameras were, and specifically on the uh, Oppo Find X3 Pro, where they're using two of those sensors for the main and the ultra wide camera, so that there's sensor parity and color parity yes. between those two. That's the one that really showed it's, us something. It's extremely apparent how good that sensor is. Um, it's not to say that the IMX seven fifty. 586. 586, man, these numbers. <laughs> I know. Uh, I normally Sony, don't get on, in the weeds. I, I normally don't get in the weeds with these numbers and these stats, but you know, I, I got it now that Oppo we made have it to so point it out clear. because exactly. this is this is the ultra camera, right? Yes. But so to be fair, I don't think there is any other phone. So besides the the Oppo and the OnePlus who are using the 766, this is still gonna be the best ultra wide camera or the second best ultra-wide camera sensor that we've seen to date. Hmm. This is a flagship tier main camera sensor used for an ultra-wide. On top of that, it's also the best flagship tier sensor that we've seen on a zoom camera as well, because the zoom camera sensors, 
like ultra-wide camera sensors on all other devices, have been downgraded sensors with inferior low-light production and also missing a lot of the zoom, not the zoom, but the um, uh, dual-pixel focus capabilities that you get uh, with the higher-end sensors. This has all of that. And so it should be the best zoom camera, even though it's only 5x optical uh, versus the Ultra, uh, the Galaxy S21 Ultra's 10x optical. Um, it besides you know the zooming in capability, the overall quality of the images should be better than what Samsung is delivering with its uh, higher end Ultra device as well. Yeah, and it, if the sensor like it, it goes to show you that. We, here we are getting in the weeds with the numbers and the versions of these cameras and whatnot. It's just very interesting to me that, you know, these sensors exist. All that matters is what type of glass you put in front of it. And I think the- And me, also your software processing. Fair. That, that, that oh. has, and- I, I, totally, I totally screwed up. I totally forgot to talk about the uh, custom chip on the Mi Mix Fold. No, that, we, can talk, we can we can circle back to that quick. Yeah, um, I can't believe I totally forgot about that. I was so I was so in the weeds with the with you, the hardware. You wanted to go move on to the ultra quick. I wanted to get to the ultra because I love I love this back to the fold. I love this whole concept. Um, but I'll tell you what. Why don't we Why don't we get to that after we talk about the ultra? Um, yeah the the main cameras are going to most likely be very viable all of xiaomi's software which unfortunately when you use all of the different modes it goes down to 1080p despite the fact that every single one of these lenses on the rear of the mi 11 ultra can shoot an 8k <laughs> and then you get this super significant downgrade one, yeah yeah then you get this super significant downgrade to 1080p for the fun modes <laughs> something i'll always complain about um, uh, well i a lot of that has to do with the ai that they're putting in there and you know doing with with the AI doing the processing on the fly, mm -hmm. that's where they're saying, you know, like if you're playing a game on a computer and you want to go 120 frames per second, you're not going to be able to play in 4K. You got to downgrade to 1080p yeah. or, you know, Quad HD in order to get that faster frame rate. Same for these AI effects because it is doing graphical processing in real time in order to do some overlays you do have to sacrifice some of that resolution. But yeah, it, I mean, it would be nice at least to have 4K. I mean, I'd imagine the 888 processor inside the phone is capable of that. It's yeah. just they didn't have enough time to fine-tune the software in order to fully optimize it at this point, right? Maybe so. And I'll come, I'll come back to the whole notion that the number one social media platform, especially in China, TikTok, it has it only allows you to upload 1080p capture anyway so i mean okay fine but still can you imagine how much of the vlog mode how much of the clone mode we would use in our videos if they were oh 4K? i'd be using the clone mode all the time you know just get creative with that clone mode and me talking to myself all the time yeah right? but on the con on, on the on the on the topic of content creation here we go with the actual rear screen it's a tiny little screen that is actually the same aspect ratio as the main screen that way you can recreate a lot of the same experiences but just on that tiny little screen now at this point and i, re I already know i'm already thinking of names for my eventual review of this phone but i'm gonna think like always on displays <laughs> because it, you literally can have an always-on display on the rear now that shows you a clock, shows you a little graphic, maybe some info. Um, but then, of course... Notifications as well. Notifications. And, but, of course, the main reason why this screen was put on the back 
to create this very large <laughs> camera hub is so that you have a selfie screen, as Isa would put it, the cutie screen, because that's what she called it on. I, I, think. I saw her tweet that. I was like, oh, the cutie screen. <laughs> um, I think good going it, Isa. I think that is that is a that is a fair way to put that to put that terminology down. Um, man, I can't wait because we have already been like I like I keep saying this is this is a this is a broken record statement I'm going to make all year. These manufacturers, maybe not the Samsungs or the Apples, are trying, but everyone else, all their power is being put in the rear cameras. And if you're a vlogger type, I already know YouTubers who use the wide-angle camera on the back of their iPhone 10s and 11s uh, because they know it's a better camera. Mm-hmm. They'll just turn on the wide angle and and just point it at themselves. No viewfinder. Except sometimes it's just a little bit too wide, right? And so this is where you can now use the main camera, which is not quite as wide, to frame yourself a little bit better. That's true. And see yourself. And, you know, I, I one of the first phones that I actually tried using the main camera as, um, you know, for, for video and for selfies was the HTC U11 when they launched that in Taiwan. Um, and the reason for that was it was one of the first phones where the back of the phone was fully reflective and you could uh. literally see yourself in the back of the phone, right? There's so many phones now that are like that, but you could you could frame yourself looking, you know, in that mirror image on the back of the phone. You know, like you didn't know exactly what was in frame, but but doing video that way was transformative for people who simply wanted to make sure that they were getting the best video possible. And just by putting this, I don't. It's what just barely an inch. Yeah, it's not much uh, on, on the back, but it, it's just enough for you to see, are you in frame or not, yes. right? And that's all you need. You don't need to be able to see, you know, what does my face look like? You know, do I need to fix my hair or something like that? Because it's going to be too small for you to notice the small details like that. But just being able to frame yourself with these main cameras, I mean, for me, it comes back to they they're the aren't they the first one with the gn2 sensor on the back yeah i think so and we've and so we have the gn1 aren't... on um the vivo right now the gn mm-hmm. i mean we've had the gn1 on other ones but the most recent yeah. phone to have the gn1 is the vivo x60 pro plus which i said it's great it's too bad it's not the one that got the gimbal <laughs> but mm-hmm. but it's good but so for for those who don't know, the GN1 is the largest smartphone camera sensor we have seen in a very long time. I think the only one that beats it is, what was it, Panasonic had a one-inch sensor on one of their smartphones, what, three, so, four years ago now? So much potential, unrealized. And, and this is one of the reasons why we have that massive camera bump that literally rises up. I, I want to say eight millimeters above the body of the phone is because we're dealing with physics here. The sensor is a one over 1.12, uh, which is a, if if you want the exact measurement, it's a 0.89 inch sensor. So this is just slightly smaller than, so for comparison, the GN1, I believe was 0.75 inches. So it's, you know, a good 15, 20% larger than, than the previous generation. Uh, but you simply dealing with physics here because in order for uh, a lens to create focus or a lens to have enough room 
to cover the entire sensor, it has to be a certain distance from that sensor. Mm -hmm. The larger the sensor, the larger that distance between the lens and the sensor needs to be. That's why we have this massive camera bump on the back. But the fact that the sensor is so large means low light production should be incredible. Noise reduction should be incredible. Um, it, it should be, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, the 108 megapixel uh, sensor that Samsung is using on its Galaxy S21 Ultra. This should be better than that. And it's kind of surprising that Samsung didn't use this sensor themselves since it's theirs, right? And they're allowing Xiaomi to be the first to market with it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good, that's I'm a good super point. Excited. I'm super excited for that main sensor. Yeah. And you should also get better depth of field. The larger the sensor, totally the better depth of field yeah. you're going to get. Yeah, photographers out there are probably geeking out on that one like, detail give alone. Give me that one thing. <laughs> um, this this phone, you know, I, I, as as listeners will know if they keep score, I love weird concepts like this because it usually tends to lead to some pretty fun experiences, but also very practical use cases. Like for example, my Zenfone Seven. Flip the camera around, you get yourself a viewfinder for good quality capture on all mm -hmm. of the sensors. This is just sort of the opposite of that, where it kind of adds a screen on the back, but it's the same concept. You're using the main cameras for all of your capture. Here's the scenario that I keep thinking of. Social media people who put their phones like this one on a tripod to frame themselves up can now use the rear cameras in TikTok, in Instagram, and be able to frame themselves as long as that screen does turn on to show you that viewfinder, and I think it will. And That's then incredible. TikTok will just destroy your video because you got to convert it to 1080p. <laughs> well, what I mean is using the in-app camera. So yeah, if, if you can use the in-app camera while the rear display is on, which I, I have a feeling you'll be able to. Um, oh, yeah. Because, so from what I've seen is you can actually pull up apps on yeah. the back of the phone. So, yeah, you should be able to use TikTok or Instagram. You know, I use love it. it. This is, this like is the kind of ingenuity that makes mm. me happy in this realm. There are so many phones that just sort of like go next iteration, next thing, next thing, next thing. But we need more fun stuff like this. And it's it's cool. This is an early contender for my favorite phone of the year because of that alone. We can, al we can already expect that the camera is going to be great as long as you can get past some of Xiaomi's quirks, which we've always known about. And it's almost at this point, you can't look at those quirks like in the software of the camera or just in the software in general. You can't look at them as negatives because they're just part of the experience now. They're part of the experience. And, you know, at this point, even those of us who have, you know, have experience with Xiaomi phones and have used them for a while, have come to realize it's just part of their software language expression. You know, it's not necessarily a bad thing or something that they missed. It's this is the experience that they're trying to deliver. And the more you use Xiaomi phones, the more you get used to them. The same as what it was. I mean, people had the same types of complaints with Huawei phones when Huawei, you know, started blowing up, right? You, you'd look at the software on a Huawei device. And after, you know, two to three generations, you're like, oh, this is just how they do it. And um, yeah. having used it now, I know what they're trying to do. One of the things that, you know, kind of really bugs me, though, is why does the sensor have to be 50 megapixels? Like I, I'm looking at the specs right now of the sensor and they, the, the uh, pixel size is 1.4 microns. I'm like, give me 20 megapixels and give me a 2.5 micron pixel, allowing 
you know, double or triple the amount of light into each sensor. Like the Imagine amount of that dynamic dyna range. Yes, dynamic range. The dynamic range you could get out of that sensor. Um, you know, it it what's the size of the sensors on Sony's uh little point and shoots? Aren't they one inch sensors? Yeah. The ZV one. And yeah, and the dynamic range you get out of those is incredible. And they're I forget the resolution of the sensors but they're much lower than you know 50 megapixels um and it's for that reason the pixels themselves are larger allowing in more light allowing you for more contrast pixel to pixel giving you the the sensor the ability to pick up on light and darkness in a completely different way than most sensors do right now uh yeah you do get pixel binning but there's still a physical separation from those pixels. So even pixel binning, when you you know you're, they're combining four pixels to act as one pixel, it's different than if those four pixels were one pixel. That would be a dream sensor, the way you just right? said. Well, because like even Jaime on last week's show or the last episode, I should say, it's the whole reason why he went to the A7S three. It's because uh, mm -hmm. I mean you have one, don't you? It's a yep. twelve megapixel full well, frame. Just. Just the A7 III, but I mean, it's pretty much the same resolution, but the dynamic range that you get out of these larger sensors and the size of the pixels, you know, a lot of people will keep saying, oh, I just want more megapixels, but I'm like, the more megapixels you add, the more noise you have to contend with, with every, you know, photo that you're doing. And a and full yes, frame sensor doing... where there's only 12 megapixels on there, that thing is mm -hmm. just flooding in light. like um, Noise free, right? Um, Jaime equates an A7S III to the quality you can get on an iPhone 12 Pro Max because in iPhone in the iPhone's case they add software DR um the mm -hmm. processing is like off the charts on that thing as far as video is concerned because they have you have you have a lot of DR on that same thing with the A7S3 but not necessarily because of software it's because that sensor you got you only put 12 in there so the the, <laughs> the megapixels yeah, are like yeah and that's big. that's all i need man <laughs> all i need is 4k video you know you can do 4 i think it's technically like 4.5k video if you wanted to do the full frame sensor readout the thing is, we, we were seeing those benefits because last year it was all about the 108. It still kind of is. There's still 108s. Mm -hmm. But now we get the 50 and the GN1, and it's doing a great job. It's doing dope. It's yeah. It's doing great. And and, and also this, the, the IMX 766, like we said. Yeah. And I a lot of this will get lost on most people. But yeah. We're geeking out. This is geeking, we're geeking out. We're geeking out. Yeah. And the. Maybe that should the be the name is, of our podcast. Geeking, geeking out, out in the, the morning. morning. <laughs> That could be dirty. I don't know. <laughs> Fair. But the thing is, like, yes, this main sensor is incredible. The ultra wide and zoom cameras, they're not the best sensors that are currently on the market. I mean, the, the sensors they're using are two years old at this point, but they're still incredibly good. And the fact that they're using it for the zoom camera and the ultra wide also means you'll have the ability to use those in low light situations without worrying about how much noise I'm going to have in the shot. Like it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be so much better than anything else that's on the market in those kinds of situations. Yep. Um, kudos, massive kudos to Xiaomi for this ultra. I mean, they're calling it the ultimate Android phone. I think that was the term they used while the pro was the king of Android. Like you just got to love how, how bold Xiaomi can be. And even then the Mi 11 ultra, isn't it? like $950, which is kind of insane. What do you think about yeah, everything? I mean, it's, 
Yeah. I mean, again, it comes down to Xiaomi's commitment of, you know, this is the profit margin percentage that we're making and we're not taking a penny over that. So it also kind of hit, smartphone. it also kind of secures another nail. Not, well, again, I'm not going to say nail in the coffin. That was the term I was going to use, but it's another blow to the whole OnePlus 9 Pro pricing strategy because oh yeah, in a vacuum, it's a great phone. But the moment you start to think about what that price is compared to the price of similar phones, I brought up last on the last episode that the um, S21 Ultra got a price cut um, and Jaime didn't want to count that because it was a deal. It's not retail. Um, once it becomes a permanent retail price. But it is. This is what Samsung does. They will launch one deal and then as soon as this deal is done, they will launch another deal. Yeah, it'll keep or they'll, going. They'll wait two weeks and they'll have a deal that lasts three weeks and they'll have a week without a deal and then they'll launch another deal for three weeks. And then those deals will just get better from there. So yeah. yes, it's not a per it's not a price cut, but it's a it's a eighty-five percent chance you're gonna find a deal no matter what day you go in to buy the phone. Which is the thing, like the OnePlus Nine Pro, if you can and get OnePlus the deal, doesn't do a whole lot of deals. They don't. If you if you have the OnePlus 9 Pro, you put it next to an S21 Ultra that you can get for the same price. It simply offers more. That's really mm -hmm. the long and short of it. And now you get the Mi 11 Ultra that if you are in a market like in Europe where you have these three choices, good God, <laughs> that's a hard choice. Well, and that's the thing. So like we're, we're looking specifically at pricing in the US. Pricing in Europe is different. And for, for Samsung, it's a different conversation because they're using the Exynos chipset in Europe Ooh. and a lot of other markets, which offers different I, I don't want to say it's inferior performance because in some cases it's better in some cases it's not mm -hmm. uh, but as far as image processing goes it's definitely inferior to what you get with the snapdragon based variant of the s21 ultra uh, and so when you're looking at you know spec for spec comparison and imaging comparisons samsung takes a hit uh, with the, their devices over in Europe and some of the uh, Asian markets as well. And who knows if the deal then, is even happening in Europe. And then most of most of those deals are not happening in Europe. And yeah. so the Samsung devices are more expensive. And also the OnePlus devices are more expensive in you know big markets like Asia, as uh, sorry, big markets like India as well, where Xiaomi's phones are definitely at a price advantage when compared to those two other brands in totally. big markets like India. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, needless to say, we are excited for pretty much everything Xiaomi kind of put out there, especially when it comes to the Ultra and, and in some cases the Mi Mix Fold. One final thing, just to kind of wrap it up in a bow, I realized we did not talk about at length the custom chip that they made. Now, there was a lot of speculation that Xiaomi making their own custom chip was going to add into the whole like, oh, so now there's an Exynos or a MediaTek competitor. Who knows if it'll be a competitor to Snapdragon. And then they were like, oh no, we just made our own ISP. Um, image signal processor is the term. So this is the literally the chip on the system that will process your photos and videos, actually add in some of that um, extra features if there are any. And one of the- Similar to what Google has with the Pixel phones. Indeed. With um, their own ISP. Indeed, that is true. Now. Unfortunately, it's only coming on the Mi Mix Fold. It's not on the Ultra, it's not on the Pro. Yeah, that has me a little bit confused because the Ultra definitely has the better camera system. Mm -hmm. And it could be that this is their first generation ISP and they're still trying to figure out what it means. It also could be a price thing because, you know, adding an extra custom chip. Uh, I mean, 
an ISP isn't an expensive chip to do, but it is an act, added cost. So might as well add it to the most expensive phone within the lineup so that, that the Ultra doesn't, you know, I, I think they were trying to hit a specific price point with the Ultra uh, to make it more competitive versus the OnePlus and, Gal or and Samsung devices this year. And adding something like this, something custom to the Fold makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. uh, we have no real concrete evidence as to what this ISP will be able to bring to the uh, to yeah. the to the Mimix Fold, um, which is why we don't have to talk about it at length. But there were these, there was this whole like three A algorithm thing that they were talking about that the ISP will be able to support. That is A three uh, A, as in the A's. AF, autofocus, AWB, which is accurate white balance, and AE, which is automatic exposure. All things that we're very used to seeing in cameras already anyway. This is very common terminology. But it remains to be seen what Xiaomi will be able to do with those three particular intrinsic aspects of smartphone photography. Um, we'll see what happens. Maybe this is how Xiaomi will finally give us 4K on all of the modes that they, <laughs> that they put into their cameras. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? That would be really great. Um, but or yeah. 4K video capture from the selfie camera. I mean, come on. Even then, yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, again, I really don't think that's going to be a thing. It, now that the screen is on the back, we're, seriously, we are, we are going to be... 2021 is the year of the rear camera. That's really... That's really all it's going to be. Um, technically, it's always been. Most front-facing cameras have never been given the kind of attention that they deserve, and I agree on that front. But come on. We get, we're getting to the point now where the rear cameras I, I are just that good. The HTC Desire Eye. Oh, get out of here. I can pull up my old Android Authority video of that, and you can see how trashed <laughs> that phone No, was. but they used the same exact sensor on the front of the phone, and it was massive, as they did on the rear of the phone. It was... <laughs> And they're like, this is the best selfie camera ever. And it was for the time compared to everything else that was on the market. It was really good, but they were a little bit ahead of their time for that. And True. who knows what HTC is doing these days. And I mean, I, I do have to give some shout outs to like Pixel 3 XL. Was it 2XL? 3XL. Pixel 3 XL with the- With the dual sensor. The dual sensor. Same thing with the OnePlus Nord. So mm -hmm. the potential is there, but look at where all the effort is being put right now. That's that's yeah. just all. That's all I'm saying. Um, all right. Well, that's everything. Not everything, because it's impossible for us to get through it. I mean, Xiaomi took six hours themselves to actually get through everything. <laughs> they they introduced air conditioners, air purifiers. <laughs> they talked about cars. They talked about they uh, the you know, Mi do, 11 S, the Mi 11 Lite, which we didn't even talk about. We didn't even There's talk a about a lot it. more. The the if you want to see more on all of that, I'm not even sure which devices we'll be getting. I know that the Ultra hopefully will be um, coming our way. Um, I don't know about the light, but there are a lot of good creators, including Isa, who have been working with the light. Um, so if you want to see all of that, that's I do have the light here as well. Um, you do? It's still in its box. I, yeah, they sent it to me. It's still in its box. I haven't unboxed it because I have like 99 other things on my desk that I need oh, to get 100%. to. Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, it's a, mid, it's a good mid-range phone. I like, I like its design. It should design. be a decent camera. I do like the design. The design is quite nice. Flat sides. Isa got the better color. They sent me just like the gray. So it's just ah. bland. But she she got the yellowish, greenish color, uh, mm -hmm. which looks 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 pretty interesting. And you know what, to your, to your earlier point about ecosystem stuff, like, oh, of course, we're not going to see a lot of this stuff anyway, like the air conditioners or anything like that. Well, that's the reason why the trips were so interesting. Was because because of, you get to experience it. We went Well, not just that, but we were able, they would usually bring us to a me store 
and yeah it's kind of well, they like, have their experience centers right where a whole like presentation area is like decked out with this is the me life or yeah, they call it the some me home right yeah there's some of those and i i i i think back and i wish I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but back then, I kept thinking like, oh, this would be good, or this would be good, this would be good. But of course, I pack light, and I don't have any room anywhere for anything. <laughs> so. You just need to get, what you do is you, you fill a box and pay for an extra suitcase on the way home, put Ugh. a box on the airplane. I don't know, man, because I remember one time, uh, before, uh, the last anecdote before we leave, before we call it on the show. One time they had um, all of the people who went to the event, they gave them vouchers. And afterwards, you're supposed to go to a, to like a pickup area. You give them the voucher and they give you one of their air purifiers. And I remember being so mad that I couldn't fit it anywhere. And I didn't want to like lug it because it was not even, imagine this. Well, you got the box and everything. To exactly. That's what I'm and... talking about. It's like, how am I going to move that along with my luggage, you know? So... I was so disappointed. Take it, take it out of the box and put it in your backpack. And you're like going through airport security with an air purifier in your backpack. <laughs> and just turn it or on. Or strap and just it to tell, your backpack. Just turn it on and tell everybody, I'm helping you out. Like, <laughs> I'm purifying your air. Um, but then uh, when, the, when the Southern California fires were happening uh, in the middle of last year, they went ahead and sent me one. And I was like, oh, so once I unboxed it, I was like, yeah, there's no way. This thing is like half my height. Massive. Yeah. yeah. Oh it's big, but yeah, Xiaomi makes some pretty dope stuff, and now that sits in my brother's house, um, and yeah, they they like it a lot. The they make some good stuff, and we're looking forward to everything that can that they can bring, uh, both in smartphones and beyond. Who knows? <laughs> wow, maybe one of these days we'll be able to drive that car. Maybe so. That'd be dope. One day. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, we're gonna go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pocketnow Weekly Podcast, the mega announcement, the mega event. I think that was what Xiaomi called it. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and pop into the outro starting now. Follow all of the links for Nick Gray, Fandroid, and myself in the show notes. You can always head over to PocketNow.com for the latest headlines and find PocketNow across social media networks at PocketNow. And of course, head over to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash PocketNow for video content that's pretty much coming out every single day. With all that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this edition of the PocketNow Weekly Podcast. We will see you in our next episode this Friday as we round out the rest of the tech stories for the week. See you then. <laughs>